Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today is episode 97 and we're going to be interviewing to Hello H. How are you going? How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I really can't complain. All right, good. I'm happy to hear that. So let's dive in here and get started. What was your childhood like growing up when you were a young man? Well, first of all, real quick, where are you joining us from? Okay, I'm joining you from uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Very cool, very cool. So tell us a little bit about growing up in your childhood. Okay, uh, I I had quite a good childhood. Uh, My father was a chief uh, examiner for the Royal Life-Saving Navy, and then um, I he he started me early in the years. Uh, I started uh, competitive swimming at the age of six. So Women. later on, yes, competitive swimmer swimming. Yes. So later on, I became uh, a, a second generation lifeguard, basically because my father was in in that profession as well. So I'm quite a good swimmer. So I had a really good childhood. I would go to meets, swimming meets, galas, and I would meet other kids over there. And yeah, I enjoyed swimming a lot. And I thought, I actually thought that I would actually go far with it uh, and become one of the best instructors in South Africa or something. So yeah, I ended up, I left that around 16 years and then I started uh, being a lifeguard. And then I took that on as a profession, and I think I did that for several years, I think five, six, or seven years. And then I quit, and then I started looking for something else to to, to do, like, because life-saving was a seasonal job. I only could work in the summer season only. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted something permanent. So I was... Also did uh, martial arts. I joined uh, the local uh, Gojuru uh, club. Also, what, what is what is the Gojuru club? Oh, Gojuru is a form of martial arts uh, that originated from Japan. Okay, so it's so martial arts. Had, yes, it's martial arts. So I joined that as well. So I was quite active. I also joined uh, football. I played that for like four or three years so I was quite active as a child I did a lot of things but uh, I really did have a good childhood and I really did enjoy growing up the way I did so were both yeah I think did you have both parents yes I actually had both parents uh, married and uh, they passed away now my mom passed away in 2012 and my father in 2017 from cancer so 
they, they had a beautiful love relationship. And, you know, like they say, until death do us part, they are one of those people who had it all. Well, there's nothing perfect, but yeah, they, they were together until the end. So I really admire what they have. That's very hard to do nowadays. Yes, definitely it is. I'm still struggling myself, so yeah. I, I just want well, I, I, if I'll ever get there. So with the age and everything going on, yeah, me too. I'm I'm still struggling with finding a relationship. It's hard, especially for us recovering addicts. We need to find someone that's going to be understanding of us. Definitely, definitely. So you know, it's it's quite. Sometimes it's quite frustrating, but then again, because I have my younger sister with me. There's two of us. My younger sister, uh, I'm ten years older than her, so you know she's very supportive. Okay, she's married now, so okay. you know she's a better example in that department. So yeah. I'm with her. She's supportive. She's been with me through my ups and downs, ebb and flows, you know, going to rehab and all that. And, you know, she's never given up on me and she's always checking up on me. A week will never go by without a calling twice or thrice just to check up if I'm okay and doing okay, you know. So, yeah, she, she, she's, a good, she's a good person. That's good. Yeah. So what age did you live with your parents until? Pardon? What age did you stay with your parents until? When did you move out? Like when did you grow up enough that you moved out? Oh, okay. I actually moved out at the age of twenty-seven. I was, uh, yeah, older. Because there's this thing that we do here at uh, in South Africa. Uh, there's a tradition that we have that when you you first get a job, you have to we we call it they call it black tax. So you actually have to live up to the expectation. You need to take care of the parents. You need to help out in the house from your first salaries. The first time you start getting a job, getting paid, you need to help with groceries. You need to be home. You need to make sure that everything that they used to do, you help out, like buying paint to paint the house, groceries, you know, all those things that need to be utilities and bills, you help out, you know, so until such time that you, you know they, they can they never actually let you go but you have to like sort of stand up to your for yourself and say okay this is what i'm going to do i need to go out uh try life out there see if i can make it on my own as long as i know that i can always have something to fall back i still have a home will you guys allow me to do that and then yeah they can let you go and you know but I, I stayed with them actually until I was quite old, around 27 years, 27 years of age, 25, 27 years. Well, that sounds like a nice tradition to take care of your parents. There's so, so many traditions we don't take care of our parents. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, you really enjoy it. But uh, then, but the thing that... Uh, you know, it, it, it hinders some sort of development at the same time. Uh, like, you know, sometimes you would have a girlfriend. Uh, it's not allowed for you to bring your girlfriend over or have a sleepover. It's your parents' house and stuff like that. So you always have to find somewhere to go. You have always have to find a place to rent out. And, you know, so it becomes a little bit uh, tricky in that way because, uh, you, you lose a lot of uh, ground trying to, you know, 
make other plans to to you know be comfortable with your with your partner or your girlfriend and stuff like that you can only bring them so that they can meet them at the house know that you're going out with a certain person but you know nothing happens under their roof so yeah it's quite daunting <laughs> yeah to be daunting yeah so when was the first date so what is uh, your drug of choice Okay, my drug of choice is crack cocaine. When were you first exposed to crack cocaine? I was working as a lifeguard uh, in 2003. Yes, 2003. I was first introduced to the drug. Okay, and it was quite... I I feel like I, I could control my edges, my cravings and stuff back then. But as the years went by, I, I don't know how I lost control or, or maybe I was just lying to myself maybe that I, I, I am in control. So, yeah, it, it hit hard when I actually finally realized that, you know what, this thing is actually controlling me instead of the other way around. So, yeah, I was introduced to the drug in 2003 by uh, a colleague of mine who was using so you know we would have a few beers after work you know and have fun and stuff and then smoke a little bit of pot here and there and some cigarettes and then he came in and she said you need to try this it's gonna loosen you up then you know as a guy and I just, no yeah let me just give it a hit and then you know from then it does but hmm. it's done yeah so I'm, I'm assuming you liked it the first time you did it right away. Yeah, yeah. I had this feeling of euphoria. I had this feeling of like, it was the most incredible feeling I've ever had because I've never experienced that before. So it, it was like this amazing feeling. And yeah, it was amazing. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm no longer going to smoke anything else. I don't want weed. I don't want cigarettes. I don't want... I'm only going to try this every time we have a party or every time like we go for, for beers and stuff with the guys. So yeah, it was, it was quite enjoyable. I should say I did enjoy it. So (laughs) it always starts with enjoyment. Yeah. So, you know, told myself, no, I'll control it. I I know how to smoke because I still remember the first time I, I picked up uh, the crab pipe, I smoked, and um, okay, the day went by, it was on uh, Friday, so Saturday was okay, Sunday was okay, started the working week again, went back to work, met my colleague, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the coming Friday, we did it again together, and then somewhere, somehow, I don't know, I, I started now, the days became shorter, for using it was no longer only on Fridays when we have having beers. It was now Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then out of the blue, I just noticed that I was now smoking during the week. And even when my colleague, the person who introduced me to the drug, was not, not there, I would actually make a plan to go find some you know, for myself, learned how to prepare the, uh, the, the apparatus and stuff and all the pipes and causes. And uh, it started now getting hectic now, like I couldn't just let a day pass 
without having a smoke or anything. And once I started, I would actually have it to smoke until I had nothing in my pockets. I actually had to smoke until I had no money at all. So I, I needed to borrow money each and every day. I needed to borrow money. And it ended up like, uh, almost like, yeah, I always stay broke, like broke, always stay broke. So yeah, that was hard because I was no longer eating and because I left home uh, late, uh, staying with my parents, they could pick up that. Uh, this one uh, is sometimes it's not eating normally, you know. So I fought and tried to act normal as I could. But then in 2012, when my mom passed away, then yeah, all hell broke loose. And yeah, my father experienced the worst side of me. And I really regret it even today. And yeah, it's, it's, it's quite painful every time when I think about it that, you know, As helpful, as helpless as he was, getting sick after losing his wife and having to experience all these things with me as well. And yeah, it's, it's, I can never forgive myself for that. Every time I, I think about it, it really breaks me down. What age were you when you got really bad? Uh, I think I was around uh, 33, 34. So I took it, so you you didn't start using drugs later until later in life. How old were you the very no. first time you ever tried anything? Uh before that I was uh using Mandrex. I was using uh, uh Mandrex tablets and uh we used to mix it with marijuana. That's I was in high school. What kind of tablets? I, uh, they they call it Mendrax Mendrax tablets. They are drugs. So you 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 smoke them with a pipe. You smoke them with marijuana. You mix uh, marijuana and then you just crush the tablet and just you pour it on the marijuana and then you light it. You use uh, the bottleneck, the top part of the bottle, the bottleneck. You just cut it and then you just make a filter on the mouth of the bottle and then you pour the weed inside and then you crush the tablet. You pour the, you just sprinkle the tablet on top of the marijuana, and then you just light and smoke. They call it um, uh, Mendrex. They call it Mendrex. I was in, it's, a, it's some sort of a downer drug. So you can knock you out, you know, you wake up after an hour or two or so. So I did that. I started doing drugs actually when I was in, I could say grade, grade eight, grade eight, yes. Grade eight high school, grade nine. So what were you, like 13 or 14 years old? Yes, definitely, yes. So I started, yeah, I started smoking drugs at an early age. It was Mendrax, and then after Mendrax, there were some other tablets also. They, the family, there's a Mendrax family as well. So yeah, I used to smoke that as well. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, oh, that's okay. Um, I need to just take off, take the pots off the the stove. I was cooking. Sorry about that, Jim. That's okay. We'll uh, deal with it. 
Yeah, it's uh, right, the pets of, of being alone, a boy scout. So yeah, have to cook for myself and all those things. So yeah, understood. So yeah, I actually started uh, at a very early age smoking Mandrax and smoking uh, capsules, and then um, from there on, it went and escalated to 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 crack cocaine later on in the years. And what, I, I feel much later on. At what age did you first do crack cocaine? Pardon? What age were you when you first did crack cocaine? Okay, I think I start, I, I actually started that. Uh, I was. You said thirty three or thirty four? Was that late? From two thousand and three, so that means. 2013, 2022. So that was like 20 years ago. So that means I was 21, 21 years of age. I was 21 years of age when I started uh, smoking crack cocaine. So, yeah. And then from there, it was all downhill. Were you working at the time? Yeah, uh, yes. I, I, not permanently, but uh, I, I was employed on a contract basis and I would do odd jobs here and there. Uh, I, I was actually, um, I actually did hotel keeping and catering as well at school. So uh, I, I got a lot of jobs uh, at hotels as a, uh, helping out uh, in the kitchen, uh, helping the chefs. Wherever they need help or in the bars, you know, open bars and stuff like that. So I was actually good. Uh, that's one of the jobs I thought I was actually going to be good at and maybe have a life, you know, build a life working at. So unfortunately, yeah, something, something went sideways there and I, I lost focus and yeah, couldn't what continue with what that. Happened? What do you mean something went sideways? Okay, I, 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 I remember quitting the job and I came home and I told my mom that I'm no longer going back to that job. So because uh, the, the, the guy, the supervisor there was a bit uh, somehow, okay, uh, the thing is that uh, I was, uh, I, I took a liking to this girl only to find out that it was the supervisor's uh, girlfriend. So the, the guy just started becoming, you know, very rude towards me. And, you know, I was good with my job and uh, the, the hotel managers and the owners went to him and told him that we want uh, Elliot to come and work for us on a permanent basis. And then he, he never did come to tell me because he, he was angry with me for, for playing around with his girl. So the hotel managers came to me and asked me if he, my, my supervisor had spoken to me about what they had told him. So I said, no, he hasn't told me anything. So I went to him, confronted him and told him, and he said, no, there's a lot of people who came here before you and you are not going to get that job before anyone who came here before you. So you'll wait your turn until everyone who was here before you gets a job. So I was really pissed off, but yeah, I know my promiscuous behavior obviously uh, was also influenced by uh, drug abuse. So yeah, I I lost that because of 
bad behavior, basically. So, yeah. What did you do after that? Well, after that, it was uh, a long time until I got a job. So it was like three years until I got another job as a lifeguard. So it, it was a long three years. It was a terrible three years. Uh, my mom started giving me this tough love because I actually quit a job that uh, was well-paying and uh, I, I, I could actually help the family out with the tips that I was getting daily before I even got paid a salary. So it was an excellent job. So my mom was actually quite cross with me and yeah, she started giving me this tough love, you know. So yeah, I, I moved out, got a place, and then I didn't have a job and I would constantly bother my mom, you know, for food and, you know, basic necessities and stuff. And she would just like buy me a bag of beans and a tray of eggs because I actually, I didn't have any refrigerators to put food there or anything. So I had to live on a convenient food that doesn't uh, get rotten, you know the non-perishables so yeah it was yeah it was quite a hard yeah experience for me it was a long three years didn't have shoes i had one pair of shoes and you know but at the end i just like swallowed my pride and said you know i got myself into this situation so i'm just gonna keep keep my head high and just start over and fix myself and try to do what's right and try to build a better life again. So until 2003, and then, yeah, I got a job as a lifeguard again around um, August, yeah, August of that year. So it was quite hard, but then, yeah, I... I started behaving normally again until the salary came in. Until what? Until I got paid at the end of the month. And then the shenanigans uh, began again. So I, I had these friends who were also like, you know, living this carefree life, you know, don't give a damn, we do what we want, it's our life, you know, so, but I know I had a choice, but I I think I, I was kind of like intrigued by the way they lived their lives, and so I, I felt like part of something when I was with them, but yeah, only to find out, yeah, it was just the wrong way to go. So we would smoke every time, but it, it we would get paid at the end of the month. Three days later, nobody has money. We now need to go to very bad people, borrow money, your loan sharks, your... It was a very bad situation. And then you get people coming to your home, asking your parents, where is this person? We need our money. He took our money, he needs to pay it. And those uh, people's like fees are exorbitant. Like they actually extort money out of you. You know, you can take like a hundred rands 
you'll have to bring it back 170. So it's actually more than half of what, like, it, it's actually incredible. It's amazing how they they work. It's it's really frustrating. And yeah, I ended up going to those people, loaning money, you know, from the wrong people, their loan sharks and stuff. And yeah, got myself into more trouble. And then my mom actually had to pay off my debts from one of the loan sharks, spoke to them. And she actually told me that I'm no longer going to do anything for you. I'm paying off this debt of yours, but I don't want to see you in my house. I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to help you with anything. I don't want you in my house. You have to leave. And that was another blow for me. So started staying with this friend of mine, the colleague that I was working with, who introduced me to some other drugs as well. So it, it was just a mess. What kind of other drugs really introduced you to? Okay, uh, uh, they call it E. I think it's ecstasy. So you yeah. just you, you pop a you, you pop a pill. You just put it under your tongue for some time, and then after it dissolves and stuff, it it gives you this this high. Yeah, I've so done that I was really, before. Yeah, it does really messed up. Like yeah, it does really messed up. So. But I, I would constantly need uh, to have rocks. I needed rocks. I needed rocks. I could see all these drugs, but there was just something about crack cocaine that just got a hold of me. So, yeah, I just totally fell in love with the drug, and it messed me up very good. It messed me up very, very bad. So... Yeah, it was just, from there on, it was just like ins and outs, you know, up and downs. I would go into rehab, come back. I think I've already gone into rehab like three times already since it's been me. So the first time I went into rehab, uh, I lasted about four years clean. And then after that, I relapsed. From that relapse, the longest I've stayed clean it was like a couple of months, four months, six months. Then what you did before? I mean, the first time, four years is a long time. Yeah, it 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 was. I I, I don't know how it because the second time when I went back to rehab, I actually thought to myself, you know, I'm gonna go back to to that exact rehab center that gave me that that helped me to reach that four years, but something was just not the same. Something was just not the same, and I relapsed even quicker than before. So I, I don't know what happened there. So I just lost. Yeah, I think maybe the willpower, the the focus, the the, the need to be clean. I, I don't know what I lost, but I definitely lost something because it was no longer the same. I went to the same rehab center, and then came out, but. Or maybe I thought I knew what I needed to do, or maybe I convinced myself that going there was what's gonna make me like stay clean. But I don't know. I don't know what was it. But yeah, when I came back, I didn't even last four, five months. I was back again on on the drug. I was back again on crack cocaine and. 
funny thing is I, now I was binging. It was like I was smoking for all those months that I haven't been smoking. I was actually smoking double the time that I was smoking before. Like I was just out of my mind. I was just out of control. So yeah. And the sad thing is that everyone could actually notice and see, you know, and I would think nobody sees, nobody can notice, but everyone could see that I'm, I'm back on the track. And there's a, I had a lot of people in my family. I had, I had a lot of people, you know, in my life that actually cared about me. So, and I, I could actually see the disappointment in their faces and there's nothing that can make a person feel bad or, you know, feel like crap, like seeing people who believe in you, like start losing hope in you. It, like the look on their faces, like it's just unbearable to say the least. It's really, it's, it's, unbearable yeah i know the feeling um people that are disappointed in you can be some of the worst feelings ever because you like you said you feel like you let them down you failed them so So what age did you decide that you needed to get better? When did you realize you really had a problem and that you couldn't just keep going to rehab, coming back out, going in? Was there a point where you said, I really, really need to do this? Yeah, there was a point. Uh, I, I, I still like tell myself that uh, I, I, I still have a chance because right now at the moment, uh, Last year, December, uh, New Year's Eve to New Year's Day, I used, uh, and I'm sorry to say, but I was with my daughter. You know, I tried hiding and, you know, so that she couldn't see me and all of those things. And then, but I think she, she, she picked up on something. And I just told myself, you know what? I can't let this know. I can't let this go on. I need to stop. So on the 1st of January this year, that was the last time I, I picked up a pipe. But then again, uh, on the 2nd of this month, I picked up again. So it's been like a, a week or so since I've been on a, uh, on a pipe. So on the, on the 2nd of this month, it was in the afternoon around 5 p.m. or so, 4 p.m., so I smoked. I smoked that whole, actually the whole week, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I think the second where was on Monday. So on Monday, the second, that was the last time. And I told myself, you know what, what's going on? Why am I going back to the, and every time I pick up a bottle, I drink some liquor, I drink beer something's gonna one thing leads to another one thing leads to another i hadn't been drinking from the first of january so uh my neighbor had uh some sort of ceremony so he invited me they cooked we had a, a lot of good food and then he just brought a, a whole lot of beers so i tried um 
you know, ignoring, avoiding beers, but I don't know, something just said, no man, only one beer, it's okay, you know, you can do this. And unfortunately, opening that beer was the worst decision I've ever made. Because after opening that beer, it was on a Saturday, I ended up smoking. Ended up smoking, spending even the last of the money that I had on me, and then woke up Monday on the 2nd, I was still smoking in the morning. And I just like remembered what I promised myself and I just felt started feeling like crap and just took everything, flushed it down the toilet and just started crying there by myself. And, you know, I just needed to talk to someone and unfortunately I, I, ca- I cannot talk to anyone, but Thanks to the group now, uh, there's a lot of people who are willing to listen to you just to let you vent out, you know, talk whatever you need to say, you know, just to relieve the feelings that you have. And so, yeah, I, I the last time I smoked was this month on the second. So I'm still, I'm, I'm all over, starting all over again from square one again. So I'm actually getting tired of always starting from scratch, always starting from, like, I, 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 I don't know, like, I'm good when I don't drink liquor. So I think this is my problem. I think this is my problem. I am a social person, but I am a people's pleaser at the same time. So, but I think I need to, have more control and uh, just forget about liquor. Just stay off the beers because I make irrational decisions when I'm drunk and I end up doing what I'm not supposed to do because, you know, it. it I, I can justify it because I'm drunk with, from alcohol. I think I, I, I can justify doing some nasty things that I shouldn't be doing because I'm not actually thinking thoroughly about them. I'm just just like going through or over, you know, some serious decisions. I'll just make, you know, rash decisions and which end, ends up hurting me, hurting, I, I hate myself. So I just need to start staying away from liquor, basically. Well, it's great. I mean, all that matters is the decision to get sober. So as long as you keep trying. What are you doing nowadays to try and stay sober? Is there anything you know or that helps you or anything like that? Yeah, okay. Um, I focus more on my work. So if I'm not working, I am uh, enrolled uh, with... Uh, Oracle University online and some other uh, educational institutions, uh, EDX. So they offer some courses for free sometimes. So I take those just to keep myself busy, get some certifications going, you know, try to keep making myself better at what I do, my job. And then besides that, I, yeah, I, I'm just focused on my job. I'm just focused on my job. Besides that, then for entertainment, I'll just, you know, watch movies. I have my prime video. I am 
I have my Netflix, I have my DSTV, I have my downloads. So I, I just try to do all these things. And then besides that, like you can see now, I'm cooking. Like I said, I did my hotel keeping and catering in school. So I actually do enjoy cooking and it really relieves my, my stress. Like, I don't know, maybe sometimes I think I, I do uh, comfort eating, you know, but uh, cooking and preparing the meals just gets me going. It gets me going and, you know, relieves me of any stresses that I might have. But I think I actually need to go back to the water because as far I can remember, that's the only time when I'm the most happiest and the most healthiest. So I need to just go back into the water, you know, maybe once a week and just do some laps, you know, just keep fit and just take, burn some calories in the water and just burn out some stress, you know, from there. So I think I'll pick up uh, swimming again. So, you know. Well, it's good to have hobbies also. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things that addicts face when they uh, try to get sober is boredom. Yeah, yeah. I, I, because most of the time I do like right now. Uh, okay, I just met this person uh, last week, so uh, we were together. We spent the day together yesterday. So she, she's in forensics. She works in forensics. So uh, in healthcare. So we're doing almost one and the same thing, but the difference is that I'm in the IT systems. Uh, department of things and she's in the forensic department of things but we're both doing healthcare stuff so yeah we have a, a, just start, only starting to learn to know each other and but what I can say we enjoy each other's company so most of the time I've been alone so it's good to you know have someone who, who you have something in common with I actually do not have as much friends to tell you the truth, I actually do not have any friends. I only have this one uncle who comes to check up on me once a week, if not once in a fortnight, you know, because she's the one who uh, went and, you know, do labola negotiations for me when I wanted to marry the mother of my daughter and stuff. So he's still actually looking after me in, in a certain way. So besides him, I have my old school friends, who are bent on their ways, you know, they're still drinking a lot of alcohol, using a lot of, you know, narcotics. So it's a no-go area for me. So all we do is just like talk over the phone and stuff. But once I pick up a bottle of liquor, I know definitely I'll wake up tomorrow, they'll be sitting beside me. So it's like I turn into, it's like a, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of thing. I, I, it's like I turn into someone else when I'm, yeah. when I'm, yeah, when I'm on a bottle and then all of a sudden I'm using again, I'm on narcotics. I have these friends that I said I'd stay away from. Now they're here, we're in my house. It's all noisy and stuff. And, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's, 
it's really like it's actually starting to to wear on me now like it's it's actually like it's it's my soul if i may say so it's getting tired of repeating one thing over and over again because it actually shows me that i'm not learning anything or i'm not moving forward and until i kind of like try to learn something that's the only time i'll be able to move forward or move into another level uh you know a better level for myself you know in my life so i, I really i don't, like i'm just at the moment i, I i'm still trying to figure out the figure things out you know how to to stay away you know from from liquor how to stay well i know staying away from narcotics i only need to stay away from liquor so now i'm actually fighting and trying to get a plan on how to stay away from liquor and staying away from liquor means staying away from people who also use liquor and you know everybody uses liquor people are people are some some people are tolerant some people are, can hold their liquor my younger sister she has a wine rack in her house uh, the the fiance has like bottles of corona full in the other fridge so those people can control their their drinking and I, 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 sometimes i wonder why can't i be like that like why can't i stay with a whole lot of liquor in the house but only drink maybe a glass of wine uh, at dinner time like what's 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 wrong with me you know i always ask myself like how do they do it like how do they manage like why can't i be like that you know so it, it's really frustrating sometimes because you end up like getting you know uh frustrated with yourself you know so yeah it's a struggle it's an ongoing struggle and i'm actually uh starting to accept that uh this battle this fight uh i'm actually going to take it to the grave <laughs> it's a, it's an ongoing it's a, yeah it's it's it's, it's going to go on forever so it does I'm actually unfortunately start- this is a lifelong battle as of right now there's no drug there's no treatment program there's no 12 step program that's going to cure you of your alcoholism or drug addiction just doesn't happen like that yeah that's just so sad and it's so depressing sometimes like uh it really is it really is depressing we we move forward and we uh we fight on that's the thing yeah so yeah but i also think that uh I, i i sometimes i just take the, i i get too laid back and complacent because i'm actually on uh medication and i i i haven't been taking my medication i haven't been fetching my medication from the pharmacies i'm i'm on uh dopakel and some other uh stuff as well so they 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 help me uh to kill cravings they help me to keep focused some also help me to to av- to avoid seizures uh like uh epilepsy they avoid that they 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 prevent me from going into epilepsy and seizures 
and then some there's just a bunch so i think somehow somehow uh, when i was still stronger when i ran out of medication and i just told myself maybe it's not this medication maybe it's the 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 will to to want to win the will to want to fight the will to want to to have a better life let me just see how long can i do this you know it worked before when i did the four years clean but after that no um but i think i was not supposed to you know to go off and yeah, i was supposed to keep on you know taking so i started taking them again so i feel a lot calmer and i am definitely going to start uh going to the pharmacy again end of the month because it was a prescription and my medical aid my healthcare service provider uh is always sending me like emails to check on me that we've we haven't seen any David's on your account that you went to go fetch your chronic medication. Are you okay? Did your doctor say you don't need it anymore? Did you, are you doing well without it? You know, so I think I also need to just accept that I need to live on medication. That's that's my life basically from now on moving forward. I just need to stay on my medication and just try to fight this as long as i can so you know also being in denial i think also contributes to the many mistakes and relapses that has happened to me over the the, the years well i'm glad to hear that you're going to go back to the pharmacy and really work that program as far as staying sober doing what you got to do as far as are you gonna go back to work are you working right now yes i'm actually working now i've been working since um the my the current company that i'm with i've been there since 2015 so i'm I'm still working I, i i don't sometimes i think it's just sheer luck and sheer will that I'm still able to do the job that I do because it's a high performance area and it's a high pressure area like what we do because we work with finances you know claims people's monies and stuff and I'm on IT systems so I need to be on my toes and always pay attention to details so I think it's just sheer luck if not sheer will that keeps me going so as far as I've been That's great. I'm happy to hear that you're doing well. So let me ask you one last question before we go. Do you have any advice for people listening and watching? Yes, I do have an advice. Uh, My advice is nobody is perfect. And as long as you believe in yourself and know what you want, mistakes happen. That only shows that you're human. But what's important is the will to fight and to keep on fighting, keep on standing up and fighting, keep on trying to do right. Faults will happen, mistakes will happen, but don't beat yourself up. Just try to dust yourself up and fight 
fight again, keep on fighting, keep on fighting. Something will give, something has to give somewhere, somehow, something will have to give and you'll have to, you, you will reach the point that you, you want to, to be at in life and you will find your peace somewhere, somehow you, you will. Nothing can be done without a result. So everything, how no matter how small the steps may be, they will, they, they will accumulate into bigger results and finally we will achieve what we want in life. Awesome. It's a great place to wrap it up. My actual, I said that was the last question before. This is the last question. Did you have anything you want to add? Any other things you wanted to add in before we go? Uh, I just want to add that uh, as people, we need to uh, accept help wherever we can get it. When you're being offered help, uh, take it. When medical help whether it's uh you know help from friends or people who just lending you a helping hand take it we can use all the help that we we, we can get great advice great advice so that's all we got for today so for anyone listening or watching if you like what you heard and saw go below give us a like also click subscribe so you'll see when new videos are added you can check out Addicts Anonymous on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We also do nightly Zoom meetings. So if you go to the Facebook group and check out the events tab, you'll see that we actually host every single night of the week. So that's all I have for today. And until next time.